Thank you for tuning in to Cognitively Speaking, the number one podcast dedicated to caregivers that are providing care to persons with dementia, Parkinson's, or any cognitive impairment. My name is Lily Williams. I am a true caregiver that has provided care to persons with dementia for over 22 years. I am the founder of Aging in Place Care Alliance. I will also be your host for this evening's podcast episode. And we're going to go for a journey. Let's go. This week's topic, it came about while I was attending a seminar that was presented by some peers, a group of researchers that have spent a little bit over two years conducting a qualitative study on elderly LGBTQ plus people in nursing homes or long-term care facilities. Now, if you would like to know, but may not know what the acronym LGBTQ plus stands for, it, it stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or sometimes questioning, and others. The plus symbol at the end of the acronym represents other sexual identities. The plus symbol is the most recent add-on to the acronym and represents the most recent sexual identities that people are now starting to uh, identify as. So as I sat through the seminar and I listened to the research that they've conducted and, and, and their findings so far, it kind of piqued my curiosity about the LGBTQ plus community. And I wanted to do my own research and I I asked them, you know, have they conducted any research or any of these people that they've conducted research on so far? Does any of those people have a dementia diagnosis or an Alzheimer diagnosis? And their research has not made it to that extent. So that piqued my curiosity and made me want to dig a little deep and find out about the LGBTQ plus uh, community of elderly people that live in nursing facilities or just live at home, but they have dementia or Alzheimer's. So this week's topic, we are going to dive into that topic and just see um, how People with Alzheimer's and dementia that may I may have once upon a time identified as either LGBTQ or plus. How are they coping? Do they live in nursing facilities? How does dementia or Alzheimer's affect their sexual identities? We're going to talk about that. I think it's very interesting to have this discussion. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Four out of five caregivers caring for persons with dementia or a cognitive impairment seek resources that are relevant, tips, tricks, 
of the trade and information on ways that they can become true caregivers. Anchor has made it possible for this true caregiver and Aging in Place Care Alliance to provide caregivers with a podcast that provides real-life issues with solutions, tips, and the resources they need. Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. The LGBTQ plus is a growing and diverse population of people. The LGBTQ plus elderly with dementia is a growing and diverse population of people as well. Along with a rising population of LGBTQ plus persons with dementia, there's also many health issues aside from the dementia that are also growing. Chronic diseases such as HIV and AIDS, for example, is one of the diseases that in fact has been known to increase the risk of Alzheimer's or vascular dementia. In my years of working in healthcare and just working in general in customer service and face-to-face customer service and just seeing different people day in and day out and meeting different types of people day in and day out, I'm, I'm not, this is not foreign to me. This is not something new to me. I've only come across actual identities of of uh sexual identities in long term care maybe twice in my twenty two years of being in long term care over the years in my twenty four years in healthcare in general I've come across many many patients or people that were they would identify as either lesbian you you get that quite often. I would come across men that would identify now as uh, openly gay. So those two gender identifications or sexual identifications, I you come across regularly. Uh, used to be a thing that a lot of people kept private or kept to themselves or only would inform a select few people that they identified as such. So I did come across one one incident where a lady, she had a husband. She had children. She was once upon a time a lawyer and she was diagnosed with dementia. And hers was kind of progressive because it when she when she got it, it kind of just took over. And so hers was very progressive. Everything changed for her and her family placed her in a long term care facility because they could no longer handle the behaviors and they couldn't care for her be properly because they were at the ages where they were, they had careers and families and they were very, very busy and they couldn't provide the care that she needed. So they placed her in a long-term care facility. 
The family knew, her children knew, her husband knew, and how they knew over the years while caring for her, they found letters. They found letters that she had hid in some part of the home um, while they were packing her stuff up and cleaning. They found letters that this lady over the years was writing another young lady before she became married and after she became married she continued writing this young lady and as it turned out this was a sexual relationship this was a real relationship that she carried on with another lady throughout the years while getting married while having children there was Letters as well as photos she would visit on vacation and she would spend her time with this young lady. So this is how the family knew that their mom and the husband knew that his wife carried on a relationship with another woman for many, many, many years. And they, I'm pretty sure they felt some type of way, but they couldn't they couldn't do anything. There was nothing they could do. The lady completely was, her memory was completely gone. So I'm not sure in her, which phase of in her dementia, uh, did she ever forget about that lover? When did it occur? But don't you think that's a little bit I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about my mom or my spouse knowing later, finding out after they've been diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's that they carried on another relationship for many, many years with another person of the same gender. I just wish it had a not have turned out they, I wish the family had not have found out the way that they found out. I wish it was a way that she was able to come clean or just come out, come out and just tell everyone. I just wish that would have happened for that family. I think it would have brought them some type of closure. But that was the first incident of people identifying or or being... In a lesbian, full-blown lesbian relationship while having a family and being married to a, a man. So that's one of the scenarios or stories that I can share. I came across another incident where, while I was caring for someone that was, he was Native American and... Anybody that knows me knows that I love to cook and cooking is my thing. Aside from doing research and, and, and finding out about how our brain works and memory and all that good stuff. Or just what makes people tick. So I, this resident, he really clung to me because of the fact that of my cooking and other people telling him that I could cook very well. And I'm going to correct myself because I just called him him twice or just now I just did it again. They, I'm going to say they, they found out that I could cook very, very well. 
And so they would ask me to make squaw bread for them, which is a Native American Indian bread. And all he could do is always talk, I'm sorry, they would do would talk about was squaw bread and how they wanted me to make them some. So this person, the reason why I'm saying they, and I am not identifying him as a him that he was born into. He was sexually born, his gender, he was born male. He later transitioned himself and turned himself into a woman by way of hormone pills. Uh, So he looked like a woman in his later years. And he had the onset of dementia, but he had memories. He had memories of his past or they had memories of their past. They would share with me the many, many boyfriends that they had over the years and the many, many uh, weekends that they spent partying and going to nightclubs and bars and going out of town and going to nightclubs and bars, they loved to party in their younger years. And as a result of them identifying as being female, transitioning, fully transitioning to become female, a lot of their family members disowned him or them. So he was disowned by his siblings and the only person that would check on him was a former lover of his, a former male lover of his. He had, like I said, they had early onset dementia. The family disowned him because of the choices that he made and his coming out and be becoming a man that fully transitioned to a woman and identified with only being a woman, completely changed their name that was given to them at birth, the, the whole nine. He became a she, bottom line, in every way that you can think of. So he had this one male lover that would come and check on him. And that's all we would see as far as a family or loved one that would do that. And in his memory, in his early or their early onset dementia that he was going through, that's the only person that he recognized and identified with. He remembered that lover he would go into very explicit detail about the things that this lover and he, and they did, the many trips and other stuff that <laughs> that I won't discuss at all. He kept me laughing, or shall I say, they kept me laughing every day when I worked with that individual. And to me, it was it's just fascinating to know that. He remembered. He remembered the one person that made him feel comfortable, or they remembered the one person that made them feel comfortable enough to come out and become an openly gay and transitioned man into woman. 
So he never forgot that person that made him feel safe and secure enough to do that. And it was just amazing to me that the family never, ever came around or kept in touch to find out or just kept up with their loved one in general. That that story, that part of that story just really, really hurts, hurts me and it bothered me. But they seem to be happy with their dementia and being a fully transitioned person. So they seem to be as happy as one person can be. So I can only just wish that people aren't put in situations like that. But those are my two experiences that I've experienced with with gender identity and lesbianism and gay, openly gay people in long-term care. Like I said, in, in, in a subacute, acute care settings, you come across it quite often, all the time now, especially. But those are my stu- two stories. And I kind of want to just reflect on the memory part of it, the memory part and sexual identity and gender identity, the whole bit. I just want to think about that and talk about that a little bit further. So to find answers to some of the questions that I had, I did a little bit of research of my own. And I found that researchers that have also researched the same topic, they found that one in seven LGBTQ plus Persons with dementia experience worsening or very frequent confusion or memory loss, while the rate amongst straight persons with dementia was 1 in 10. However, their research has not been able to determine what is the cause or what is the difference and why is there such higher rates of cognitive impairment in persons with sexual or gender identities or sexual or gender minorities. Some researchers, however, are saying that they may, that they think that it may be linked to the higher rates of depression, separate health issues such as HIV, AIDS diagnoses, or PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Or some are saying it's the lack of access to regular health care or what we like to say in, in the healthcare industry is that there's health care disparities for persons that are considered sexual or gender minorities. I personally would just like to just say to any caregivers that are listening tonight that we live in a society that focuses too much on our differences. And instead of listening or focusing to what society is saying is considered okay and focusing on those differences, a true caregiver instead would focus on our commonalities. A true caregiver also leads and lives by example. 
You live and you lead by example, helping those that society may deem is a minority or the lowest class of people. Now, that's that's not how I feel about people, but we do know that sometimes in society, that's how they feel or they how they make a person feel or you feel like you're just low. And as a true caregiver, we need to make people that are pushed in those situations or made to feel like they're a low class person or of a low class. We need to make those people our priority. So this is a skill that I had to learn. And over time, it's really helped me. And by myself, me personally being what was considered a minority, I would not say I'm a minority of the the sexual and gender minority, but I am a minority be, because of my race. Um, I had to learn this pretty much from birth into my, my 45 years here on earth now um, that this is a skill that a true caregiver has to master. And then once you master that skill, this is how we build strength in unity and diversity. My time is up for this week's podcast episode. If you like what you heard this week, or if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss in depth, please leave us a message. You may leave the message on the link in the podcast on Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful night.